We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another BuzzBeat episode. Hope everyone had a great Christmas. If you guys celebrate that, me and my family, we had a good one. Uh, we had our first Christmas with our two-month-old baby, and uh, she got some diapers and some clothes. It's hard to really give gifts at that age, and probably not until she's two does she actually get actual like gifts that are meaningful. A lot of times, they're just things that you need at this point. So with this episode coming out a couple days after Christmas, everyone is in a festive spirit. I figured I'd put out a holiday-related episode where I give the Hornets three gifts that I hope that they opened under their tree. These are things that I'm hoping they improve moving forward as we head into 2024, as the season starts to get closer to the end. I do not expect all of these things to happen, but maybe if one of them do, one of these things comes true, it should produce for a more enjoyable viewing experience. I know the Hornets are in the middle of a West Coast trip right now, and these things always end up putting a lot of stress on the fans because it's a very difficult stretch in the Hornets season, and it typically comes around this time, around late December. So we're going to do that. I'm going to give three gifts to the Hornets. Hopefully, at least one of them comes true or at least makes progress towards that. But before I get into mine, let me read off the ones that were sent in from our listeners on Twitter. I put out a post a couple days ago where I said, attainable or not, give two gifts that you would like for Charlotte to get the help of from a gift from Santa. So... We have at Fitch for Hornets. His gift one is make some serious moves to improve the team, even if it sacrifices future assets. Gift two, he says, blow it up and move anyone that draws interest besides Mello, Miller, Williams, Nick Smith Jr., and either Miles or PJ, but definitely not both. Another person, Chick Nicholson, sent in two gifts. Gift number one, he wants a new front office, team president, VP, head of basketball operations, and of course, general manager. Gift number two, 
a James Johnson, Udonis Haslam type to set the tone in practice and locker room. And if need be, beat some people up. I don't know <laughs> how physical he means by that, but I, d- I definitely think that having that edge, having somebody in the locker room that has the edge, that's been there before, that has a physical side that won't put up for some of that stuff, um, definitely goes longer, uh, goes a longer way than I think we give credit for at times. So I'm going to give my three gifts for the Hornets. The first give, the first gift I hope that they receive is the gift of three-point shooting. Now, I know they say this is a make-or-miss league, but I don't think this is as simple as like, you know, just hoping more of the three-point shots go in. You know, there, there's some variance throughout the course of the season, but I think this is a combination of a personnel issue, but they've also got to do a better job of getting volume of shots up from distance and creating those open looks and it starts well before the shot goes up. This team offensively has got to find a way to collapse the defense, move the ball side to side on a more frequent basis to get the defense shifting. And when they get the looks, they can't second guess, and they just need to fire away. They need to take them. That's half the battle. The frequency in which the Hornets take three-point shots is just too low for my liking. Now, there are certain players on this roster that – I don't mind, Ish Smith, for example, I don't mind if they pass up a three-point shot. Now, what they've got to do, though, they can't waste the space that is given to them, and they've got to create an advantage off the space that the defenders are probably sagging off them for a you know, particular reason. If they just sit there with the ball in their hands and they don't use that advantage, then that's when it becomes detrimental to the team. But generally speaking, the Hornets need to get up more three-point shots. I think because their offense, especially with LaMelo Ball healthy, it's predicated on pick and roll and working the two-man game. But there's got to be multiple options on the possession. And that's something that I always thought James Borrego did a great job of doing, is having all five guys cutting, moving away from the ball, having multiple options putting the defense uh, in, a, in a place where they've got to pick and choose what they defend. And sure, we, we need better better shooters, but I think when it's all said and done, if you have more movement, you're going to have more opportunities and more options to pass it out, and the volume will go up. So it is one of those things where it's like a double-edged sword because Charlotte is struggling to make threes right now. So they may be hesitant to take threes and they want to work on the other areas of the court that they've been successful at. The question becomes, do you force the volume? Do you force the three-point shots at the expense of something else that could be working? I mean, typically I would say no, but they've got to find ways to get better, cleaner looks from three. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And I wanted to highlight a stat that helps enforce this point a little bit more. The Hornets are not getting up clean looks off this you know, ball movement, if there is ball movement. And maybe this stat can be taken out of context. It can probably be taken a couple different ways. But when I view this stat, I, I do view it as a way or at least one way to measure how good of looks the Hornets are getting and are they getting enough catch and shoot looks to where they're they're catching it and shooting it fairly quickly. So regarding the three-point field goal attempts that um, teams shoot with two seconds or less of touch time, meaning you catch the ball, two seconds or less, a shot goes up. The Hornets rank 29th in frequency. 30th, just to give you guys a heads up, 30th is the Clippers, and 28th is the Sixers. So they're they're stuck between those two teams on the bottom three teams of the NBA. And when you look at those teams, both of those teams are very isolation-heavy teams. You'd expect that their touch time per shot goes up. Hornets, they don't have isolation players. This, to me, has to mean that they aren't getting clean looks or they're hesitating. They don't feel comfortable to take a catch-and-shoot shot without hesitation. So because they're not getting off quick looks from behind the arc, meaning two seconds or less of touch time, they could be hesitating. They could be pounding the rock a little bit. They could be defended in a spot to where they can't get off a good look. So you want the players and the team to take good shots. I get that. And if you are, if they aren't open, you just don't want them heaving up shots to up the volume from deep. But I think this does speak to a larger issue of getting the defense moving more. They're in the bottom 10 in the NBA in total passes per game. They're in the bottom five, bottom seven, somewhere around there on average seconds per touch. I mean, meaning it's on the it's on the higher end. So they are holding on to the ball when a player gets it a little bit longer. Players are not getting open. 
So I guess this gift of three-point shooting is is sounds simple. It's not. It really does speak to a larger issue, and it's the ball movement. It's the spacing. It's the ability to put up the volume from behind the arc, and that's what I want from this team. They definitely need better players from behind the arc. You've got Rozier. You've got Ball, who's injured right now. Gordon Hayward, Brandon Miller. They're good three-point shooters but they don't get it in a way that's like a three-point specialist way. Now, maybe Terry Rozier is a guy, but because his role has changed a lot over the past 10 games because he's having to handle the ball, getting him off ball as a three-point specialist, mover, spacer, whatever you want to call it, you're just not seeing it. Hayward can knock down threes. Um, Ball can knock down threes. Miller can knock down threes, but it's not... I want the Hornets to find a guy this summer at the trade deadline, whenever, whose role is strictly to knock down threes and maybe hopefully has some ability on the other end as well. But, you know, I I want this specialist to come in, create gravity, not be afraid to move, get open and get a shot. I think Miller obviously has that capability, but you're seeing, you know, the way that he operates in the mid range as well. So gift number one for the Hornets Three-point shooting, but I guess more importantly, the stuff that leads up to the three-point shot. The movement, the side-to-side movement, the uh, getting everyone involved, making everyone making everyone uh, an option on the play. Obviously, we've got some players on this roster that may want to pass up a three. But again, you know, getting to that volume, I think, will go a long way. But I think because they're not creating enough clean looks they aren't able to shoot the ball as they want from behind the arc. All right, gift number two. I hope that they open a gift that gives them the ability to get the ball inbounded, baseline or sideline. It seems like the Hornets have developed a trend where they struggle to get the ball inbounds. Now, I've not gone back and watched or rewatched every five-second violation or every inbounds pass but I've reviewed some of the recent ones and I tend to think it's more on the design than it is the players or the inbounder. And maybe the players aren't going through the design of the play and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems very vanilla. It seems very repetitive and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of variation within these out of bounds plays. And I, and I'm not, I'm not speaking of like after timeout plays. I'm not speaking of ones that are drawn up on the on the clipboard to get a good shot. I'm just speaking about like the mundane get the ball in bounds, you know, not after a timeout. I was speaking to Brian because him and I like to talk about, you know, the X's and O's type of stuff. And he mentioned that he thinks that some of Clifford's end of game, end of game sidelines out of bound plays are more clever that maybe I'm giving him credit for, but I'm really just speaking more in general, just the in-game stuff where he's not drawing it up. And I think a lot of times we take for granted that the ball will be inbounded, but that hasn't always been the case with Charlotte this season. And from my standpoint, I see the initial action um, or maybe the timing or the lack of options, that seems to fizzle out quickly. So if the initial action is not open, that player doesn't make another movement. Uh, The timing of where the other cuts are coming from doesn't seem to add up with the inbounder, and it just kind of fizzles out, and players are just kind of standing around. 
And Clifford likes to use UCLA screens and elevator screens to start the action, which is a good way to start. And I know we kind of use these terms without explaining them, but quickly to kind of explain what a UCLA cut is, it's when a player runs off a back screen around like the slot wing area towards the hoop. And they are on the same side of where the ball is. And a lot of times they can cut towards the basket. They can make a pass and they can go in for a layup. And if that's there, I think the inbounder does need to make that pass or the big kind of pop out. And he's like the second option to get the ball inbound. So that's like a UCLA cut. That's not, you know, that's not typical for, you know, just an out of, out of bounds play. You see it a lot within the offense as well. Uh, you'll see Clifford use elevator screens. That's where the player, typically the one, um, is coming from like the baseline and is coming up through two screeners up to the top. And the screeners kind of close that gap where he goes through so that the guy that is that is guarding the the primary primary cutter there uh, is kind of stuck there. So these actions, like I said, are a good start to these out-of-bound plays, but there needs to be other options after the initial look is is there or isn't there. And I, again, I, I can't say that I've rewatched every single inbounds play, but I typically find myself saying that these players make cuts and then after that first cut or that first move, they stop and they wait and when you wait, obviously it gives an opportunity for defenders to come back and they are not, they don't typically, I don't see it. They don't typically make another cut or a screen. And even if they do catch it, even if it's not a five second violation, a lot of times these guys, because they are just like flat footed and they're not on movement and because they're just waiting for the ball to be inbounded, they find themselves so close to an inline that it just kills off more time to get in a good position to make a play. So while it may not result in a turnover per se, sometimes the inbounds results in a pass to where the guy has to catch it, refocus, uh, he is flat-footed, he's at a standstill, and then the shot clock slowly dwindles down and they get off a poor shot. So I typically, just based off of my eye test, some of the movement, the initial movement is fine, but after that, it kind of stagnates it fizzles out. So I think this is more of a gift for Clifford to maybe practice a little bit more of these out-of-bounds plays in practice to make sure that these guys know that, you know, if the initial action is not open, we need to have others. We need to have a second cut, a second screen, things like that, because a lot of times the initial action is not open and we're stuck sitting there waiting for guys just with their hands up, hoping that the ball gets to them. But then again, like I said, it still puts the team and the players in a bad position because they are, they're in a standstill. So I guess my first gift is kind of towards directed towards the players. My second gift is directed towards Clifford. And then my third gift right here, final gift, I'm going to direct this towards the owners. I am gifting the owners the gift of being aggressive sooner rather than later. Open this present up, use it as quickly as possible because we're at a point now when it comes to the roster construction, if you wait too long, you're going to lose leverage and obviously it just kind of pushes things back. We already have had plenty of off seasons where things come up at the last second and has to switch the game plan up. Steve Clifford Hire switches the game plan up. That was not the, the first option. Um, Miles Bridges, criminal activity right before free agency, switches the game plan up. They've got to get ahead of it. 
And Kupchak, um, for all the good that he has done in his tenure, feels like a lame duck GM. And just like those inbounds plays, it feels like his tenure is starting to fizzle out. If the owners wait until the summer to make changes, they are putting themselves behind the eight ball. And they've got less options to work with. You, you want to open your options up. They need to get ahead of the game, start making moves now. And that could include getting rid of some of the front office staff that have been left over, obviously, from MJ. They've got some decisions to make on players. And this season, as much as some fans are holding out hope, seems mostly lost. Feasibly, could they make the play-in? Sure, they, they could compete for that 10th spot. But even that seems like an uphill battle right now. And in the grand scheme of things, at the end of it all, would that be worth it? You don't want to necessarily not create winning habits by any means. I understand that. Like you want to create a culture that is is competitive and is competing. Uh, but that's what they're trying to do now. And with all the injuries and with all the other stuff that's going on, the team is not competing. And so this will be an uphill battle for Charlotte to make that 10th seed. So to me, the season is all but over. I know that there's plenty of games left to go. Maybe LaMelo comes back and and changes the direction of the team. Like you can never rule anything out. But like just kind of looking ahead, try to get out ahead of this. The goal for this organization is not to be an 8, 9, 10 seed. Like we don't want to be competing for the play-in every season just to say that we made the playoffs. To me, I, I know that everyone says the ultimate goal is to win the NBA championship, but the ultimate goal for Charlotte right now is to be closer to like a five, six seed, a four seed even. Like that's like, you know, that's the the goal for the short term future. You know, being a top three seed like just seems so far away from what the Hornets can accomplish. But if they can put together a competitive, a consistent team, it's just it's going to take some time, obviously. But they've got to start thinking ahead. Okay, Rozier, Hayward, Bridges—these are all players that we've mentioned on recent episodes that could be potential trade pieces. They have got value right now, some more than others. And if you wait to the last possible second. You were either losing value or you're losing the player for nothing, and you want to make sure that you have the leverage to make the trade. Get out ahead of it. I just don't think Cupcheck is going to be the guy that gets the job done. For one, if Cupcheck started to make these moves, maybe it would be an admission of poor roster construction, which I, I, I do tend to think that that's how this roster has played out. And then number two, Mitch hasn't proven to make these types of progressive moves that show some type of foresight. He's very reactionary, making decisions at the last possible second, um, if he can or if he does. So that's my gift to the owners. Be aggressive, make some moves that maybe you were waiting to make in the summer. I know you're th- they're trying to get their feet wet and not trying to ruffle anything or, or kind of make any aggressive moves that might create waves. But right now, when you look at the season, the Hornets, at best, at best, and I don't even think it's going to happen, at best, would make the play-in. I don't think that's going to happen. They are destined for the 12-13 seed, in my opinion. The revolving door of injuries obviously have come back 
Cody Martin comes back into play, and then the more injuries start to pop up. Mark Williams, the Hornets are still waiting on him to return. So to get this team back to a fully healthy roster might take a month to get everyone into place. And then by then, with this West Coast trip and every and every other game that you know follows, is just more time that these guys are not playing together. And you know, I think they have been a little bit unlucky in that, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse as to why this team is not where they need to be. So I'm going to rewind and give you guys my three gifts again. Uh, the gift number one to the team and the players is to improve three-point shooting and the volume. And as I mentioned at the beginning, it's more than just you know a make-or-miss league and hoping the shots go in. It's a lot of the stuff that leads up to the shot. Gift number two is given to Steve Clifford. Practice, 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 inbounding the ball. Again, I'm not talking about after timeout plays. I'm just talking about the mundane take for granted slob and blob plays that are struggling uh, or seem to be a struggle right now for the Hornets. And then my third gift for the Hornets is actually going to the owners. Be aggressive and do it sooner rather than later. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up of more content coming your way from me and, and from BuzzBeat. I recorded an episode with James Plowright at the All Hornets podcast where we did a pie chart of blame. Depending on when you're listening to this, it could be out right now as I'm speaking or in the next couple of days. I also will have an episode later this week where I bring on a guest to chat about the Suns as we preview that game between the Hornets and the Suns. Suns have not been playing good basketball, but... uh you know, the West Coast trip, as I always mention, is, is going to be a very difficult one for Charlotte. And again, if you appreciate what we do, like what we do, please give us a five-star rating and a written review is, is kind of what we love the most on Apple Podcast. That's the easiest way and the quickest way to support us. Also, thanks to all our BuzzBeat Plus subscribers who were able to listen to this early and ad-free. If you want to take a look at that, go to our Substack. So stay, stay tuned for all that type of stuff. This is Richie. We thank you guys for all the support you guys have given us. We're looking forward to a great 2024, and we will talk to you guys soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.